Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. And good morning, everybody. Welcome Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. Roller Auctions has over 150 auctions a year for vehicles, business liquidations, police seizures, tools, construction equipment, and more. All the auctions done online so you never have to leave your couch. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. Good morning. How are you? You got a new hat on and it's badass. Do you like it? I love it. Well, there's a new partner on the show. Uh-huh. Uh, high Country Performance 4x4. Right. I took a tour of that place, and my goodness, that place is so stinking cool. They work on 4x4s. They work on trucks. They have the top parts out there by far. Uh-huh. But if you are really looking to upfit your vehicle, I have seen their work, and it is unreal. Wow. But here's something else. If you want something built from scratch... From scratch. They can do that for you as well. Wow. Well, let me just say this. If the hat is any indication of the business, yeah. we're in there. That's a that's a good-looking lid. Well, Brady, the owner, mm-hmm. has an amazing crew of guys. I met most of them when I was there. That's cool. And But just, you know, just looking at the work that they do, I mean, they can make you look like easily you have the best truck or the best 4 by 4 in town. I mean... Whatever your neighbors have. And what's the point of having a truck if it doesn't look like the best truck in town? It's going to look great, but also, if you want to go off-roading, I mean, they they can do anything. Neat. You could you could take this anywhere in the world Wow! if you work with them. I didn't Super know that, cool. but I knew the hat was pretty cool. I like the lid. The hat is cool, but the place is even cooler. You should that, check them out in Englewood awesome. or uh, HCP4x4. I'm thrilled to have them on the show. You bet. And, uh, yeah, that the hat is pretty badass. It is. Yep. It's really good. And you've got a great collection of lids, maybe the best of anyone I know. Well, thank you. So, and you wear them well. You do a great job repping our people. Well, I believe yes. in the companies that we work with. Yep. I'm a client at many of them. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and I've said this to everybody. If you're not getting, like, 4.8 out of five stars on Google, I have no interest. No interest at all. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. When I first started doing this, uh-huh. I went into a barbecue place. This is before Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. Yep. And I went in there unannounced. I didn't know who I was. Let's say the meeting was on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. I walked in there for lunch on a Tuesday, and it was awful. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah. Got home, called them, and canceled our meeting. Wow. So I'm like, I can't represent them. Yeah. Their food is terrible. Well. And if I tell everybody how great it is. Yeah. That makes everybody else look bad. Yeah. You don't want that. Your reps, your words got to mean something. It does. Right. And I am so proud to represent all of these companies. Sure. All the, I mean, here. And I've become friends with a lot of these guys. We were just talking about Christmas and having somebody over. Right. Mike Goldman, the executive chef at Nola Jane. The executive chef. He's coming over to our home for Christmas. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, you know, Jewish guys don't have many places to go. 
ironically, <laughs> Jewish guys don't have many places to go when a Jewish guy is actually co-hosting with his wife Christmas. Well, you're versatile. We, you're flexible. We're not doing ham, though. No. <laughs> no ham. No ham. Oh, Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. We both were in on uh, Sean Payton's press conference. Let's just start with that from yesterday because we have other things we do want to get to. Yeah. Anything really stick out to you? The only thing was, to me, the statement of the obvious about the running game or the lack thereof. Yeah. They've only gained 304 yards on 3.4 yards a carry in the last three games in their running game. And Sean pointed out rightfully so, and it was, as I said, a statement of the obvious. They've got to be better, considerably better, in the final three games. I'm not sure they get considerably better against the Patriots, quite frankly, but we'll have to wait and see. But I did think that that was at least one thing. There really wasn't... (laughs) And he wasn't in a bad mood. He does think that Greg Dulcich will play before did, the season's out. Did he chew anybody out nope, at the uh, no, no, press conference? No, he was actually... No, actually, I, I say that jokingly because yeah. I know he didn't. No, but, but I mean, but he, but actually, and he was in a, as, uh, he was in a fairly decent mood. Yeah. I, I guess. It's not like I can really always read the moods of Sean Payton, nor would I try. He's far too complex an individual for me to have a, to have that kind of understanding clearly. But uh, no, I mean. Well, here's the thing. And you and I talked about this probably about week four, week five, mm-hmm. week six, week seven, somewhere in that neighborhood where the Broncos were, I don't know if they were leading the league, but they were right up there, yards per carry. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were north, I believe, of 4.5 Yards yeah. to carry. Yeah. They yeah. started the season strong. It's not so much. They did start the season strong. Mm-hmm. And while I'm I'm a big advocate of don't read too far into the numbers, mm-hmm. in this case, I think we can. Because what we saw back then was they weren't amassing a lot of yards per right. game, but they were amassing a really good chunk per carry. Yep. And the reason was Russell Wilson was throwing the ball more early on. When they were one and five, I'm not saying that Wilson was slinging it all over the field. A lot more than he's doing now. Exactly. Right. So we kept saying, man, if you're running the ball that kind of clip per carry, run the ball more. Not that Sean listened to us, because honestly, that's what he wanted to do anyway. Sure. But now they are so committed to the run which is good, and defenses are ready for it. Yeah. They're, it was inevitable that their yards per carry, were it was going to go down. But unfortunately, it has gone down almost too much. They're taking that element of the offense away from them. They're lacking production in the run game, which skews their opportunities on third down. They're, they're longer behind the sticks on third down, and they haven't been able to... Uh, convert at quite the same rate since the Cleveland game. The Cleveland game was their kind of one moment of synergy where everything came together and they played well and kicked and kicked the tail of a pretty good football team. So, but since then they really haven't run the ball at all. Well, here's the interesting thing. If we go back 
early on in the season where we're at now, where this team has grown to their credit. Their growth as an offense, and I'll get to the specific in a mm-hmm. minute, their growth as an offense has stunted their growth in the running game. What do I mean by that? Early on in the season, they had to pass more. Not because Peyton wanted to pass more. They had to pass more because they were taking so many penalties Yes, that they were third and seven and long. Yep. And they couldn't run. They were they they were in situations where they had to pass the ball much more. And when they did run, those yards per carry were up. So to their credit, they're not taking as many false starts. They're not taking as many holding penalties. It's allowing them to run more. But I guess the question is, is is Javante Williams, for as much as we applaud him for coming back, yeah. His yard, he's not breaking tackles like he used to. Has not been explosive. No, has not been dynamic. And you wonder if he's just run out of gas. And 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 guys do run out of gas, but when you come back from that type of injury and you push so hard at the beginning, he looked dynamite Mm -hmm. to start the season. I'm almost wondering, are we going to find out after the season that that knee was nagging him from week five. On. That is a fair question. Yeah. He's not going to talk about it. No. Oh, Be- not that dude. No. 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 That dude is, will show up. He's the kind of guy that would drag himself through 500 yards. I mean, he's like, he's like, he's like Andy Dufresne escaping <laughs> Shawshank, you know, dragging himself through 500 yards of, the most awful muck and you know you know what that you could possibly imagine. that's what the dude is yeah. he will show up without complaint every single week but the problem becomes last week and I love Javante Williams P Ryan was a better back he's fresher though yeah but he was but he was he he at least gave him a little juice in the run game they've got to get that figured out and like I said, I don't know if this is the week that they can figure it out. Patriots are pretty good at this stuff, pretty good defensively. Well, what they're good at is, specifically Belichick, we're going to take away your strength. Absolutely. And you're going to have to beat us another way. Mm-hmm. So you would think they would say, you know what? We are going to take away the running game. Yep. We're going to stack the box. Why wouldn't they? And we're going to force Russ to beat us. Right. I mean, looking at the carries so far this season for the Broncos running backs, Javante has played in one less game. He's had 182 carries. Jaleel has had a 58. Russell, Jesus. Russell's had the second most carries on yeah. the team. And by the way, I did not mean to take the Jewish rabbi's name in vain. My bad. Please find some time out during the show. Yeah, to to come to grips with that. By the way, saw I'm really going off the rails here. Watched a the thirty for thirty on Reggie White last night. Fascinating. Uh, yes, I've, I. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Right. That's an older one. I think it is. It is. just came out last week. Okay, then yeah. I stand corrected. Well, it's I'm, just, I'm thinking of someone else. Well, it's it's old if you consider a week being old. No. 
it, then I, I I mistook it for something else. No problem. Well, what I and we'll, we'll get back to to the carries in, in a second, and then, but I do want to finish this thought, mm-hmm. and then we'll continue this after the break. What I found interesting was about that particular documentary that Reggie White preached a lot. He offended a lot of people, yes, specifically did. the gay community. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to butcher this, I'm sure, because I've given it some thought and I had no plans on talking about it on the show today. But he said before he passed away, he did his final interview like a week or two before he died. Yeah. Okay for this particular documentary. And he said when he was reading the Bible, he was reading other people's interpretations of the Bible because the Bible is an interpretation from the original text. The original text is in Hebrew. And what he said was, I'm tired of reading somebody else's interpretation. I'm going to go to Jerusalem and I want to read the original text to see what they really, really meant, who wrote it. With that, he learned to read and write Hebrew. Remarkable. And I can read Hebrew as well. I used to be able to write Hebrew. Let me tell you, it's not an easy language. No, don't imagine. At all. Point is, what he said was, the original text is different from the interpretation in the Bible. He said he wanted he wanted to go right to the root of it. Good for him. Right. And what he basically said was everything that I was preaching out of the Bible was wrong. Yes. He said the original text is different than what we see in a church pew every single Sunday. Gee, imagine that. I will let that much cynicism creep through. And I'm not trying to turn this into a religious conversation. I, I hear you. But I'm guessing before he died, he felt very different about what he said to the Wisconsin State Assembly, if that's mm-hmm. what you want to call it, sure, about homosexuality. Yeah. Because what it says in the Bible and what it says in the original text basically said it's not that they're two different things. It's just that it's approached differently. I I can see that. And, wow, think about that kind of clarity on an issue that had been so firmly ensconced in his mind and his way of life to change you. Well, think about the pilgrimage to find that awareness. Well, unreal. He worked as hard to understand his faith as he did on the field. And oh, by the way, not to marry these two together, and I, I'm not, I don't want to make this a political or a religious conversation. I'm just saying what's in the news. Did you see what Pope Francis just came out and said? Mm-hmm. Share with the class. Well, about same about same sex marriage. marriage, the blessings that you can receive now, and then that it's okay to be blessed. Yeah, for same sex marriage, which right. is a quantum leap for the Catholic Church. You are burning at the gates of hell for centuries. And now the Pope is saying it's okay. It's very interesting. It is. Boy, we've got to find a million. I mean, my there. God, where did we get? Where did we go? Right. With that, Ugh. 
Listen, Bruce and I are more than just eye candy. We can talk more than just sports. We're not even eye candy, but that's okay. And after this segment, you're probably thinking, please stick to sports. <laughs> Coming up after the break, Belichick is going to take away what the Broncos yep. do best. But we also want to look at the carries for each guy and the load that Javante Williams has had so far. And is that one of the reasons why it looks like he's slowing down? That's next. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, mylifesports.com. You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. Roller Auctions, they're taking a break right now for the holidays, but they have over 150 auctions a year for vehicles, business liquidations, police seizures, tools, construction equipment, and more. All the auctions done online. Never have to leave your home. You can sit in your pajamas with a bowl of Cheerios and a hot cup of coffee and bid on whatever you want. And they always have different types of auctions Every single week, if you need cars, boom, you could do it. If you need an iPhone, boom, they can do that for you. If you need an RTD bus, they can do it. Fitness equipment, they can do it for you. You should always keep your eye on what you can get at auction, at roller auctions. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Bounce Empire in Lafayette, a 50,000-square-foot indoor amusement park for adults, kids, and families reimagined. I don't think anybody would argue that Javante Williams is a bell cow back now for this particular offense. Because when you look at the carries, I'm going to take Russell Wilson out of it. Because when you look at 76 carries, how many are scrambling? How many are designed runs? When you look at Jaleel McLaughlin, and Samaj P. Ryan with the carries they've had, and I'm not going to include Marvin Mims and Michael Burton. Those two guys have combined for 14 carries. When you add them up, and I'm going to try to do some quick math in my head here, three carry the one, 103 carries between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Javante Williams, 182. Yep. Javante Williams is 3-1 to one compared to Samaj, 3-1 to one compared to Jaleel. Considering his injury, have they run him maybe too much? And oh, by the way, Javante did miss a game. Yeah. His is based on 13 games. And then for Samaje and Jaleel, it is based on 14 games. If 
Javante finishes the season. Coming off that injury, he's projected to carry the ball 221 times. If you gave him a full 17 games just for fun, let's add 20 carries to that. He's in the neighborhood of about 235 to 240. Yeah. And by the way, he's 182 right now with another uh, 34 touches in the passing game. So he's 216 touches on offense. That's a pretty good load. He's averaging 3.7 yards a carry. Those numbers, I'm not going to say are alarming. That might be too strong. But you might want to take a look at his workload. And, and you said to me, I think it was in the last segment or maybe even going into the show off mic, Samaje gets yards, whether it's catching yeah. or uh, running the ball. You might want to run a fresher guy. And maybe we'll start seeing that. When you start to con- stop to consider that Samaje Ryan averages right at 4.9 yards a carry, He's averaging about nine and a half yards of reception. Now it's the way that they're using him and when they're using him. I get that. It's not apples to apples. It, it isn't. But to your point, he's a fresher back. Yep. Similar, you know, a big, strong, low to the ground, can take punishment and keep going. Um, you've got to look at Javante Williams. Javante Williams is averaging 3.7 yards a carry, but in his last three games, he's averaging about 3.4 yards of carry right i mean the numbers are diminishing a little bit and and look i've got nothing but praise and high fives for javante williams the dude is a warrior an absolute warrior but i would imagine one of the things they were looking at this week is trying to reconfigure the running game to make it more of what they do and who they are when they have been at their best this year, they have run the football well. They have not run the ball well in any of the last three games. So, and figure it out. And Sean Payton talked about that yesterday. Yeah, he did. So how is he going to figure that out? That's a good question. But that's but he's the but he's the genius, right? He's the he's the play caller. And by, and Sean Payton does have my respect in that regard. He does. He's, he And he will figure something out. He better, he better figure something out because you've got three games now to get to the playoffs. And there's still no guarantee with three games that you're going to get to the playoffs. I think you will. But well, how are you going to get there? You're going to get there through being the best type of offense that you can be, and that is a run-first offense. But you got to be productive. You can make the case if you want to, and you have said this over the last couple of days, the game they absolutely positively should win should be against the Chargers. Yes. But you can make a case, the game on Sunday, for the Broncos' offense will be their most difficult. Oh, dude. This this thing against the Patriots is no automatic checkoff. Their offense is... Their offense, talking about the Patriots' offense is worse than Hackett's offense Yes, last year. Right. I think they're averaging like 13 points a game. Although, yeah, except in Pittsburgh. They were pretty good in Pittsburgh. They went to Pittsburgh against a pretty, a fairly good defense and scored some points and won a game. Right. And that was, what, two weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken. 
but they're a three and eleven football team. They have been consistently an inept offense, but they've also been consistently a fairly scrappy, tough defense, as you would expect from Bill Belichick. And to your point, and this really needs to be understood and reiterated, Bill Belichick will work to take something away from the Broncos, just like he does in any game that he goes in and coaches. And does he generally take it away from teams? Yes, because he will sell out to do that. So you've got to be smart in the way that you construct a game plan against the against the Patriots, even the 3-11 and 11 Patriots. This one is not a put-it-in-your-pocket-and-don't-worry-about-it game. You've got to go play. Coming up after the break, and we had something else that we were going to talk about, but as we're talking about this, I'm thinking this would be kind of ironic. And as you look at all the coaches around the league, the coaching tree that is really starting to grow branches and leaves is the Shanahan coaching Mm -hmm. tree. The Bill Parcells coaching tree is a bunch of old guys. Now, Belichick, Peyton, back in the day, Tom Coughlin. Yep. Wouldn't it be something if Belichick, who's probably on his way out in New England, knocks another Parcells guy out of the playoffs? Because if they lose this game, it's done. It's over. Yeah. And why is the Parcells tree dying? That's next. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, mylifesports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. Roller Auctions has over 150 auctions a year for vehicles, business liquidations, tools, construction equipment, and more. All the auctions done online. Never have to leave your home. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Roller Auctions. Get what you want at the price you want. Go to rollerauction.com slash MHS and they'll send you notifications on their latest auctions. It feels like week to week we see somebody from the Mike Shanahan slash Kyle Shanahan coaching tree Mm -hmm. coaching against each other. The Bill Parcells coaching tree is dying, and it is dying fast. It really is. I mean, to have Peyton and Belichick go head-to-head, that is, in today's NFL, Oh yeah, it's an outlier. Yep. It is not the norm. These are guys who came from the Bill Parcells coaching tree. And tell me how many great coaches have come out of these 14 outside of two head coaches. 14 assistant coaches eventually became head coaches. Bill Belichick, Romeo Cornell, Ray Hadley, Tom Coughlin, Al Groh, Chris Palmer, Todd Haley, Eric Mangini, Sean Payton, 
Tony Sperano, Mike Zimmer, Anthony Lynn, Todd Bowles, and Freddie Kitchens. Mm. You have Coughlin, who's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yep. You have Belichick, who's going to be a Hall of Famer. Nope. Yeah, well, and, it, and, it, and maybe more than that. I mean, maybe remembered as more than that. It's arguable, but maybe remembered and thought of as more than. And Sean Payton. Yep. And Sean Payton, who's a likely Hall of Famer. Yes. And the biggest guy probably off his coaching tree currently is Dan Campbell. No question. But the way Parcells coached, old school, mm-hmm. tough guy. Mm. You have a lot of these guys who many in the media would say, I don't like that guy. Peyton has certainly had his problems here. Belichick uh, never truly has endeared himself to the New England media, right? Uh, Tom Coughlin, he was a horse's ass as well. All of these guys. And I'm wondering if that's why we're seeing less and less Parcells guys and more and more Shanahan guys who are more innovative. Now, to Parcells credit, to me, he is one of the top four coaches to ever coach in the NFL. Bill Parcells is. And here's my reason why. Joe Gibbs might be number one to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, Look what Parcells did without Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Look at the Super Bowls he got to. Yeah. Got to a Super Bowl with Drew Bledsoe. Yeah. Got to a Super Bowl with Jeff Hostetler. One. Got got to a Super Bowl with Phil Sims. One. Right? Right. Bill Belichick, what's he done without Tom Brady? It's well under 500, right? Sean Payton, currently, two seasons, two full seasons, or almost two full seasons without Drew Brees, he's essentially a 500 coach. We'll see the way the rest of this season pans out. But this is the Shanahan time because they are innovative. They are young. They get along with the players. Relatable. They don't browbeat. They don't yell at them on the sidelines. It's very, very different. And and for as great of a coach as Bill Parcells was and his old school mentality, which honestly played well back in the 1980s and 1990s, and we talked about it yesterday on the show, how acceptable is it for Sean Payton to be undressing his quarterback. That's something that maybe Bill Parcells would have done. That's something maybe that Bill Belichick certainly has done to Mac Jones. Yes. It's not being tol- it's not being tolerated anymore and you're just not seeing the same success. Yeah, that's a fair observation and um it's a coaching style that dies hard when that die is cast. There is a great loyalty to it, isn't it? I mean, when you look at the guys that we've talked about, um, these irascible dudes that basically it's my way or the highway types. But the ability to adapt is, for me, going to be the key for Sean Payton moving forward. He's an interesting guy at this point. What is he, 59 60 years old, something like that, 58, 59. I think that he will, but the history suggests he won't. Right. The history of all of these coaches. The history suggests it, but I think that Peyton, I'm not going to call him an outlier, but I think that Peyton is a smart dude. I, I, I do. And, and all of the, listen, Josh McDaniels is a smart dude. Mm-hmm. Well, but, but, but he's not relatable. Right. Right. As you and I talked about on the show yesterday, Outside of that locker room, and I've been told yeah. by to say this guy's an impeccable source is an understatement. He said to me, 
guys in the locker room are, are willing to certainly play for Sean Payton. They respect Sean Payton. And when I said, well, this gentleman and I spoke yesterday mm-hmm. about how the guys in the locker room felt about that incident on the sidelines, what was said to me was at least 90% of the guys were with Payton and maybe 10% were with Russell Wilson. Yeah, I don't I don't think I made a comment yesterday about the split between the two, but my comment has been and my feeling has been all season long that Shan, that Sean has continued to have the locker room. I don't think that's changed. But you know what I think has helped him a lot? Hmm. Having his New Orleans guys say, hey, listen, this is the way Sean does it. No just, question, just right? Just be patient with it. They are the buffer, aren't they? Not only does Sean get guys who understand his system, but he has recruited allies to preach his message. And think of all of the of the New Orleans guys. They're all damn good dudes. Yep. Troutman, Manhurts, uh, Lutz. Yep. They're all just really good dudes, too, on top of it. But you're right. That has been a part of the dynamic. And that's and good on Sean for understanding that that is at least a need, that it helps him to relate to others. Because I think that is a challenge for him. What's interesting is when Josh McDaniels was here, there was a player who played for him mm-hmm. in New England, he had no problems with the way Josh McDaniels coached in Denver. And Josh was a tornado. Yeah. And this guy said to me, he goes, he didn't, he didn't say the other guys were soft. He said, not only am I used to this, I'm okay with this. Mm. It's other guys who are not okay with a guy walking into a room with a baseball bat and smashing all the furniture. This guy who played for McDaniels, he's used to it. He knows how smart Josh McDaniels is. The guys in Las Vegas aren't used to it. But look what he look what he did. He brought in Jimmy Garoppolo, one of his guys. Yeah. Who understand the way Josh ticks. You have to have a certain type of personality to be able to tolerate the browbeating and understand there is a message behind it. Yeah. Method to the madness. Now, Josh takes it to a, a crazy high level. Obviously, and probably won't get a chance to prove it again. No. No, he's done, I would think. But looking at Sunday's game, how many outside of Dan Campbell? There aren't there aren't many. And, no. Right. And Dan Campbell. Any. And think about it. Dan Campbell is a tough guy, a passionate guy. He has really good assistant coaches around him in Schwartz. Also, Glenn, in Aaron Glenn. Right. Johnson. Those okay. are all guys that right. are his guys. Right. right. No question. And their GM has done a brilliant job. You can make the case right now, although it is early in Dan Campbell's career because he struggled off the Parcells coaching tree, whether you go first generation, second, third, all the way down the road, all the way down the line. The most successful off the Bill Parcells coaching tree or the, uh, yeah, Parcells coaching tree is uh, Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. Then you can make the case Tom Coughlin is second. You can, certainly. I w- Actually, I would put Tom I mean, Coughlin. yeah, he's got, two, he's got two Super Bowls. Tom Coughlin is second. Mm-hmm. Peyton is third. Yep. And honestly, the sad state of the Bill Parcells coaching tree is Dan Campbell's probably fourth. 
And, not, he, and he hasn't done it that long. It's a pretty good coaching tree, though. <laughs> I mean, it really is. I mean, now you, you now you can make the case Saban's off that coaching tree as well. Yeah, yeah, you can because he coached under Belichick, sure. right? But as far as head coaches go, yes. Um, no, well, actually, yeah, it's a pretty good coaching tree. Yeah. Bill Walsh's is much better. Marty Schottenheimer, you and I have talked about well, it, has the greatest coaching I tree. I love Marty. Has the greatest coaching yeah. tree in the history of the NFL, and you can make the case it is not close. Yeah. Marty is. He had six assistant coaches, six, who have all led their teams to, to a Super Bowl. Yeah. And many have won. Bruce Arians, Bill Cowher, just to name a few. Just to name a couple. Right. And I know I'm missing more than a few. It's interesting. Um, I think. I think. That Peyton. Will get it done. But I think that there are monstrous. And let me under underscore that word. Monstrous challenges still on the horizon because you've got a seismic decision to make with Russell Wilson seismic. And I don't think that we know where that is going to end or how it's going to end or how it's going to affect the Broncos in the interim. You are big on, and I agree with you that this is now a three-year process for Sean Payton. The third year is going to be, incredibly telling it's going to be it's going to be revealing on so many different levels but man the decisions that they have to make right now with right. this team moving forward are in are really difficult marty schottenheimer never went to his <coughs> excuse me never went to a super bowl nope he's had 12 assistant coaches become head coaches we rattled off for Bill Parcells, Listen 17 guys. Listen to this. Bill Cower, Tony Dungy, Bruce Arians, Mike McCarthy. All won Super Bowls. All won them. Now, Coughlin won, Peyton won. Belichick won. Belichick won. Yeah. But then you go off the Bill Cower coaching tree, you have Mike Tomlin. Yeah. So that's part of that coaching tree. Sure. Not direct, right. but part of. And I believe I'm missing somebody else. Where'd Andy Reid come from? Andy Reid came from the 49ers. 49ers. Coaching so, so he came from Bill Walsh then. Uh, down the line. Down the line. It's in the Green Bay, right? He's yes. In, in Green Bay. Wait, say that again? Holmgren. Holmgren. In, uh, in Green Bay, I thought. Yeah. Holm, Holmgren is off that. Andy Reid. Well, let's look up where. Can we get some thinking music here? I'm pretty sure he came from the 49ers system. but I, But I'm not totally sure. Andy Reid, this is fun, isn't it? Let's talk about fun. His first head coaching job was in the NFL was with the Green Baked Crackers, as my daughter said when she was seven. So he coached under Holmgren. Who is a Bill Walsh guy. Exactly. Right. Okay. What do we have coming up on, just in case you missed it? We'll discuss the latest news and notes from the NFL. And Nikola Jokic appeared in a commercial with Peyton Watson. Is the NBA happy to see this? That's next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports.
Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at mylifesports.com. You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. Roller Auctions, over 150 auctions a year. Uh, business liquidations, vehicles, police seizures, construction equipment, and more. All the auctions are done online. Never have to leave your home. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. By the way, when it comes to coaching trees, you can make the case the greatest coaching tree of all time in college football. Not all time, but up there is Hayden Fry. Yeah, he's had a great one. Bill Snyder, Barry Alvarez. Yeah. But then you have Bill Snyder's coaching tree, which might even be more impressive than Hayden Fry. Yeah. Bob Stoops is in that one. You know, they got a bunch of guys. Right. And oh, by the way, off the Hayden Fry coaching tree, Jay Norvell. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Alrighty, just in case you missed it, with C.J. Stroud missing the Texans game this past week, only six AFC quarterbacks have started every game this season, and two of them are Tua and Lamar Jackson, you know, both of whom who have faced criticism for durability concerns uh, during the offseason. The other four AFC QBs who have started every game are Mahomes, Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, and Russell Wilson. Every first-place NFL team this season has started the same quarterback all year long. Uh, any comments on the year of the backup quarterback in the NFL? That's interesting. I uh, I, I hadn't thought of that. <clears throat> um, but I, it's fairly clear that the most important position, and this is not news-breaking, is your quarterback. It gives you the best chance at being consistent week in and week out. And you can make the argument that the biggest drop-off in sports is from starting quarterback to backup quarterback. All right, just in case you missed it, the Avs dropped one in Chicago last night, three to two. Uh, defenseman Devon Taze had some uh, had some interesting comments post game. Here's what uh, Taze said. I mean, it's it's self awareness. We need guys that know, you know, know how to play in our system, how to how to play our game, and, and know what it takes. And uh, we have guys in here. I think we got some guys that think they're playing well, and I think they're kidding themselves at this point. It's it's frustrating to play with. Uh, you know, play out there when, when you got guys that think they're playing well and, and they're doing things that, you know, you have no idea what play they're going to make or, or where they're going to be on the ice. And uh, it's it's tough to play in this league when, when you don't know where your teammates are going to be. So, um, you know, that's where a lot of the frustration stems from. I don't think Taves is talking about McCarr, McKinnon, Rantanen. Nope. Uh, Nchuchkin. He's talking about the new guys. Sure he is. Right. And we, we believed that when the Avs went into last offseason, they improved. Johansson, improvement. Let's see what happens with Druin. Let's see what happens. Colton. All of those yep. guys. That's who he's referring to. I'm wondering if Bednar will ask Taves to stand up in front of the room or Taves will volunteer standing up in the room because now this is news and say, guys, 
We've won a cup. Colton won a cup, too. But we've won a cup. You got to play our way. You got to play our way. Because our way works. And and there needs... He's not going to call out guys by name to his credit. To his credit. But it's not an unfair point. And obviously, this needs to be addressed. Taves is not a guy who throws Molotov cocktails. No, but he has been pretty consistently questioning of this team all season long. He's been the one voice. All right, so that was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, holidays coming up. That means sales over at Mountain High Appliance. Individual appliances, tons of sales, specifically their clearance center in Denver. Redesign your whole kitchen. They have the staff that can help you out. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville. Littleton, you can also find their clearance center again in Denver. Coming up after the break, if the Patriots shut down the Broncos rushing attack and you expect... Bill Belichick to concentrate on that. How good do you feel about Wilson in the passing game? That's next.